Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, proud to be an American Betts. USA, USA. Yes, it is. The World Cup uh, day today, 2 o'clock Eastern. We have an important game. We're recording this just before. So right now, like all Americans, we're optimistic. We're in a good mood. That could change in two hours, but hopefully we're through to the knockout stage. So we'll see. You know, that's the best part about being an American is we are brimming with hope, with some optimism. You know, a little bit of like uh, pride in the sense that we think we're better at something than we are. And we know with soccer, we are definitely not. But I... I love a good DFS sweat. I like, you know, a good parlay sweat. I don't know if I've ever been more stressed out than watching soccer. Like, I was so stressed out this past week, and I'm going to be so stressed out in a couple hours. Did you uh, Did you wager anything on the game? I did. I mean, I did. Like a good American. I, I did I USA. Say, I mean, is there anything more un-American than not betting this game? Come on. Oh, the most American thing you could do is just USA Moneyline. So, Duh. Uh, so I did that. There might have been somebody in our office that placed the opposite that did Iran money line just to be a turd. So give guys, if you what? want to give Papa Josh on Twitter, our community manager, give him as much grief as possible. He's, he called it a happiness hedge and you and oh I know my gosh. that yes, we're all about that, but this, this, this won't stand. So I'm, I'm just going to be really excited during lunch. We're going to be watching this. I mean, I'm really excited for a couple of reasons. One, there's a player on the U.S. men's national team that is very near and dear to my heart. He's a family friend, and things did not go so well in the first match. I won't list his name, <coughs> Walker Zimmerman, but I love Walker Zimmerman. I've known him for a long time, and I hope things go really well. So, USA all the way. Last thing I want to say is 
why would they not just band together and of all times to actually put on USA Ducks? I mean, in D2, when their backs were against the wall, against Iceland, what did the Ducks do, Bets? They, you know, came together as a team. They won. They, they became the USA Ducks. They went around the, the, the group and they decided where every single person was from. Like, okay, I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. You know, I'm, I'm from South Central Los Angeles. They went around the whole group. That's what we need today with USA. So I'm pumped. I'm really excited. And who knows when we record next time, you and I could just be very, very sad to be an American. So yeah. And you know what? Real quick before we move on, just so I know Josh will listen to this later. Josh, you're dead to me. Yeah. What? Why would you ever do? That's not a happiness hedge. That's no. just saying you want to that's just un-American is what that is. Yeah. Uh, Paul Revere would not have done that if he had a betting app. I'll tell you that. Nope. Not up in here. No, not at all. All right, we are about to move on to week 13. Week 13 bets. How does that feel? It just your DFS vibes. We got past Thanksgiving, which is a huge slate. Like, how are you feeling at this point of the year with DFS? A lot of people might be dropping off now. How did we get here? That's <laughs> what I want to know. I feel like we were just talking about best ball, you know, targets and stuff like that, which felt like a month ago. Meanwhile, all of a sudden it's December. It's almost Christmas. Uh, yeah, and we're at week 13, but... You know, like we've kind of always said over the years, this is the time of the year where some people might be out of the hunt for the playoffs in their home league. They might be turning a little bit more to DFS, which if that's one of you listening, welcome. You are in the right spot. Uh, but that could create some good advantages, I think, for people that have been plugged in all year, taking on maybe a little more casual fans as they start to lose interest in their home league, coming over into the DFS world. If you're, like I said, been on, uh, you know, on this the whole year, you're obviously going to have a leg up on the competition. If you want to get all of our picks... You can get them at DFSPass.com. And I don't know if you know this, Bets, but if you're a person that bought the UDK, we are actually given an even bigger prorated discount and the DFS Pass is discounted even more. Did you Cyber hear about Tuesday. That? That's what it's all about. Well, I mean, well, it is now 66% off of the regular price. Eventually, we're just going to say this is free because we don't have anything else. But if you want to get the ultimate DFS Pass, what if I told you? that you could order it right now for $16.67. That is insulting. That's what it, that is. It is. It's kind of mean. <laughs> and maybe I need to have a little meeting after you know USA wins that we can do this. If you bought the UDK, it's only $10 for us a year. So if you want to support Betts and his family, I mean, this is the only way to do it. It's the only way to actually tell Betts, great job is to get the uh, DFS pass. But... We're still going every single week. Same content. Wait, time out. Does the does the DFS pod code still work? It does. <laughs> okay. This is okay. All right. You know what? I'm I'm done with this. <laughs> this is crazy. The podcast where bets logs out. But yes, if you want to get all of that, go to dfspass.com. And spoiler alert, this week I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like even more focused because I just found out that on Friday. My cash lineup is going to be the lineup that's used in the fantasy face-off because Mike's out of town. So, Oh, this is I, a game changer. I know. So I need your help, people. I also told Jason he's getting zero help because every week I spend a couple hours with Jason going through his lineups. That's why he's only been uh, shamed twice all year. So I need you. I need you, people. I don't want to be shamed as a deucer. It's not really something I want. Uh, but let's review the cash from last week. Straight cash, homie. Betsy, this past week was tight. Very tight for the cash line. I saw so many lineups that ended up right around 145. 
which was the line in the heavy devil ups. In the lower level, it was about 141, 142. So I cashed. I actually hit uh, 142 something. And I did it in the, the higher double ups because everything was just right there. It was really condensed. And the thing you and I were scared about this past week is there were so many good plays that you could get buried if you didn't have the right roster construction. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, there was just... Honestly, I felt like there was like 17 guys. I was like, you know what? I want to play this guy. Obviously, we can't. And so it really was a decision point. You know, how do you build and where do you prioritize? And I think every person, I mean, literally like 80% of the field played the running back combo of Jeff Wilson against the Texans and then Rashad White against the Browns. So it's okay. You, you clear those two spots out. You move on. Those are in. And then we talked about it. You know, it's kind of a decision point. Do you want to go up to Burrow or drop down a little bit to Geno? And that was kind of what a lot of the field did is play one of those two quarterbacks, which we talked about we felt was right. And then from there, there was, you know, four or five, six wide receivers that were really fun, exciting plays that DraftKings in the last two or three weeks, for some reason, was overpricing everyone. This week, they underpriced everyone. So it felt like there was almost too many good plays. And so, yeah, it kind of got thin pretty quick. If you made, you know, one or two mistakes here or there, you certainly missed out. Um, but man, I mean... The sweat was real. Like you talked about 140, 145. You had to be right around there to have a chance. And then you and I were both like, oh man, like this could go one of two ways. And thank God for Foster Moreau. Moreau am I right? I mean, come on, never a doubt. So Foster yeah, I finished, Moreau. I think with like 151 or something like barely cleared the line. But, um, but yeah, it was overall a good week. And yeah, it's just, again, cash this year seems like it's harder than I feel like most weeks or most, most years, I should say, just because of the fact that there are a lot of plays that it's like, if you choose one guy or the other, you're kind of on the wrong side of the fence. We were texting each other, and we said we need a Foster Moreau touchdown here on that last drive, like in regulation. Like we we have to have this, and it hit. Uh, my brother was texting him, uh, texting me because we had the same thing in one of our dynasty leagues. Like Foster Moreau was the dude, so he's kind of been like one of the the guys. Like when I when I look back this year, when we have our yearbook, our yearbook signing for uh, for DFS twenty twenty two, I feel like Foster Moreau is gonna like win an award. Maybe we should do that end of the year. You know, they do awards. DFS awards? Yeah, some DFS awards. Like, which were some of the best plays, some of our worst calls. You know, I've had yes, some of we'll those. we'll do DFS the... footies. That, I mean, we go all the way to the Super Bowl, so we have some time to kind of process and think back through that. Uh, I will say, for the people, I, I, I was fortunate. I missed the cash line in some of the higher ones, but I won Battle of the Borg. That was a good feeling to get first place in that. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it's my tournament. I better win it more than just once this year. So uh, that was good. Had some other other good wins. But I think it made for a good GPP week because there were so many different plays. Like Josh Jacobs ended up being what? Like under 5%. I remember in our roster percentage report, like nobody's going to play him. But if you did have him, I mean, you had an absolute buzzsaw uh, in tournaments if you wanted to fade, you know, Devontae Adams or whatever. So any other last takeaways from week 13? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was kind of one of those weeks that felt decently straightforward as far as here's the best plays. We know what the field's going to do. Uh, if you wanted to even play into chalk and like just not play Jeff Wilson, you could have created massive leverage on the field just that way. And, and, you know, we talked about Jeff Wilson being good chalk. We thought, obviously, we did not see the Dolphins getting out to that big of a lead and them literally taking their starters out like at halftime, basically, is what happened. So, yeah, I mean, it was one of those weeks again. Like there were so many good plays, like you said, that if you can figure out where the field is going to condense, and you just pass on one or two of those guys, you can still play quote unquote good plays. You don't have to get off the board to really thin guys and still have a really good week. So this this last week I think was a good week for the GPP players. All right, let's turn the page and look forward. 
State of the Main Slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where bets and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And, you know, this segment, we try to be, you know, pretty transparent. There's some wagers we didn't get right. Like last night, we sweated out Pat Fryermuth. Didn't hit his over. It was the only part no. of my parlay. You know, it's tough. So we try to be humble people that are clear with our mistakes. You get to see all of our record, you know, with our props. But there are certain times when you get to check in with a wager after week 12 and <laughs> you get to party. <laughs> I wish I, people could see the screen right now. <laughs> I am just in a disco light of, of passion right now because people are Cardinals under bet hit in week 12. Kyle just I mean, got fired. <laughs> I I tried to tell the people of this company that if there was one win total bet from our shows, this is May, you know, it was the Cardinals just not looking good. And a lot of things also had to go right with injuries and, and everything else. But man, Cardinals under nine and a half, that line eventually moved to eight and a half. They have four wins right now. I would be surprised if they got more than six. So did you take did you take any other alt unders? No, I should have just kept betting it. <laughs> Under seven and a half, six and a half. <laughs> no, you're right. That was the one that you you know I was on board, but you were just like, no, dude, this is it. This is the one we're taking. So that felt really good to cash. You know what, Kyle? Hit the drop again. You know what? I have the power. <laughs> People, Kyle just looks so happy. I haven't seen Kyle this happy in weeks. Look at him, party lights on, dancing. If only this was on YouTube, you would see as well. But yes, that was a, a good one um, to cash for everyone. If you rode with us, hopefully you did. Also, another one I just realized I made. Packers, under 11.5, has also cashed because they currently have eight losses. Their best record can be 9-8. and eight. The Rodgers situation is obviously one that will derail this. But even with Rodgers healthy, we've seen some issues with this team throughout the year. You know, it turns out when you lose one of the best players in the league from a playmaking standpoint and try to replace them with rookies and Randall Cobb, it doesn't work out. So, you know, Packers under 11 and a half, they were a team that we faded. And this was part of the correlation, like we talked about, with you being high on the Vikings and being lower on the Packers. So two win totals already cashed in the books. And just if you're not familiar with those shows, in the summer, before we get a lot of other fantasy content, before best ball content, which is all May, June, and July, we spend time looking at every single team's schedule. We adjust for you know, strength of schedule. We adjust for a couple of different things. And it's one of my favorite couple of weeks because we walk through each team. We give the case of whether we would wager them or not. We give that content out for people for free, full free, uh, before you can even buy the DFS pass. So I think it's a good little, little tease for people. And it is a sweat. Like it, it's not fun to put money out there in, you know, May and wait, like, am I going to get this return at all? And, and we have to wait till January, but it's nice. I feel like this year we've really improved our process. We have a couple other ones, so it hasn't cashed yet, but Vikings to win the North looks really good. Uh, we have a couple other ones that we really like too. So let's move on to week 13 and give people some slate context. We're back to 12 games, only two teams on by the Cardinals and the Panthers. And then the teams off the main slate this week, uh, Thursday night game is Buffalo at New England. The Sunday night game is the Colts at Dallas. And then the Monday night game is the Saints at Buccaneers. So how is this going to impact our player pools? I feel like 
we're we're pretty solid this week with who we have. Yeah, my first take was just kind of looking through the player pool is that it's pretty strong. You know, there's been some slates in the last two, three, four weeks that we've been like, eh, you know, the the stud quarterbacks aren't there. The top running backs aren't there. Like, it feels really weak, and there's a lot of ways that it can go. This week feels pretty straightforward. Like, there's three games that I think are really exciting from a game stack perspective. And then when you look at the players on, on the main you know slate, like Josh Allen's the big name, obviously, with the Bills and his pass catchers we love. And then for the Cardinals, like, you know, Kyler's been good not great and so he hasn't really been a, a part of gpp winning lineups anyway so it doesn't really change a lot for me from the guys that we have available like i said i think the player pool this week is very strong so i do think we're probably going to see some pretty high scores in gpps this week we do have three games currently above the 50 point mark and to be honest people i want to be a little bit veiled this week about my takes knowing that i'm going to be on the fantasy face-off like jason just walked in just went to the bathroom he can hear everything we're talking about people so let's be as veiled as possible in just speaking code. But yeah, we got three games we like here. At the top of the list is going to be Kansas City at Cincinnati. It opened at 52. It's now at 52 and a half. I mean, this is this is the game of the week. These were the games last year that people were all over went bananas. So, I mean, that, that game's far and away the best, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I was talking about it in the DFS pass with the Vegas report article that's in there every Tuesday. Basically, it's like, you know, you look at these two teams and what they want to do is what we want teams to do in DFS, which is throw and throw and throw. They're both, you know, in the top 10 in pass rate over expectation. The Chiefs are number one in the league, not only in general, but in the red zone. So that's how they score. The Bengals get Jamar Chase back this week. Joe Mixon presumably back as well. So you get all the playmakers there. And, you know, you look at the game logs last year. This was when people were winning, like, in in the playoffs the joe burrow just explosion week so it's easy to see a path for this one to get there but yeah man i mean it's hard to poke a lot of holes in it right now just how exciting that game can be the two other games we have over the 50 point mark jacksonville at detroit that game's at 51 and a half and for a second detroit was favored but now it's jacksonville on the road favored and then our chargers love the chargers love that we get keenan allen at las vegas that one's at 50 and a half I want to give some context for 50-point games because that's the magical total in Vegas. I mean, I, I feel like every week when you're doing the Vegas report, first thing is look at those 50-point totals. We've had 20 of those games this year with a 50-plus point total before kickoff. 65% of them have hit the under. Based on that information alone, what does that tell you about how people can approach DFS specifically this week with three games? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in our like off-season studies that we've been kind of looking at for DFS prep in the summer. And, you know, this is not just on this slate, but going back, like there's games that always fall in that like high 40s range that you just think to yourself, like, okay, this is a tier two game. But, you know, like when these games are separated by 52 and a half versus like 49 and a half or 48 and a half, like that's a touchdown. And we know the variance is very high in football. So if one or two of these games fails, which based off the data, like two of them, or at least one of them is going to, if that happens, then these games that are kind of in the middle zone of like, you know, 46 and a half, 47, we'll talk about what those games are. Um, they can get there. And I think that they can beat these games in a, a situation if they fail. So, you know, create leverage. Don't be afraid to fade the games. We're not saying like, this is the slate that you have to do it, but pause for a second. Just don't automatically play the highest total every single week. Yeah. I love pivoting to games that are at that 47, 48, which we'll talk about in a second, which Five teams have the highest team implied total for this week. Yeah, at the top, it's the Chiefs, just over 27 points, 27.3. And then the Browns, actually, at 27 points. 
the Jaguars 26 and a half, uh, the Chargers 26.3, and the Bengals 25.3. The Browns are going to be one of the most interesting case studies when you think about a team in a great matchup against the Texans with the biggest storyline in sports, apart from USA winning, of course. Like, the Deshaun Watson storyline is going to be a big deal off the field, but on the field, the Texans are really hard defense. I was showing these stats yesterday to Jason and you. The Texans are like the worst run defense in the league. The Browns are pretty much there too. So two of the worst run defense in the league. But every single passing metric that you can find with the Texans says they're a really tough matchup, but teams just don't throw. Like they don't have enough actual possessions. They've allowed the fewest pass attempts in the league. So do you think people are going to have the itch to say, I've waited this long to play Deshaun Watson in a GPP, let's do it? Because, I mean, the, the team implied total is there. And the revenge, you know, aspect of it everyone always buys into which there's a lot of good revenge spots this week we'll talk about a couple of them um aj brown against the titans we've got you know mike mcdaniel against the niners raheem mostert and jeff wilson so yeah there's some some fun narratives out there but you know we haven't seen deshaun watson play football in i i, I heard the stat the other day however many days years like it's been over a year right and it's not just that he hasn't been playing football he hasn't been able to practice with the team until the last what two weeks or something like that so we have no idea what we're going to get. And it, you could see a scenario where Nick Chubb just goes crazy in this game. And then Deshaun Watson only has to throw like 20 times or something as teams have done against the Texans all year. That said, I think the Texans defense is going to be up for this one uh, from an emotional standpoint, from a you know headline narrative standpoint. We'll see if they can actually get anything done. But in his first game back, we should not be surprised if they're like, you know what, Deshaun, let's make it easy on you. Let's hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt maybe and, and just kind of keep it simple. So I don't have a lot of interest despite the team total personally. I will have interest in Nick Chubb for obvious reasons, but I don't think I can go there this week. Yeah, he's 6,500 on DraftKings. Interesting is where I'll keep it. You forgot the most important revenge game of the week. It's it's Marv Jones going back to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, that's what people are talking about. I mean, that one, uh, Tyler Conklin playing, playing the Vikings. I mean, that, what could be more exciting than that? Um, so we talked about how Kansas City at Cincinnati is going to be the most popular game. I wrote down, they break every pass rate over expectation model that you have, and we love that. So on Friday's show, you and I will give the case of, here's how you can stack this game, but I do want us to talk about how this game could fail later on this week, because it's on our radar. We still don't know what Jamar Chase Joe Mixon seems to be trending in the right direction. There are pieces we still have to figure out from this game. And same thing with the wide receiver room in Kansas City. I don't really know where to go. Justin Watson's still leading the team in snaps among wide receivers. Juju was barely on the field this past week, barely involved. So I do have some question marks that I will bring up later this week about that game, but it is far and away the best one. What would you say is the sneakiest game of the week? Yeah, from a sneaky perspective, I kind of like looking at the Jets and the Vikings, which is not something I thought I would say. But when I looked at the numbers and kind of looked at the situation, you know, last week, I famously, Kyle famously said, uh, if Mac Jones beats me on the Thanksgiving slate, so be it. Well, the Vikings just allowed Mac Jones to have one of his best games of the season, or not one of, the best game of, of the season, throwing for a ton, moving the ball easily. The Vikings secondary is a major issue. And I don't want to buy into Mike White's performance last week against the banged up Bears secondary that didn't have both safeties and a starting corner. But the point remains, he is an upgrade over Zach Wilson, at least competent to get the ball to his playmakers. Garrett Wilson is explosive. Elijah Moore, we saw a little bit last week. 
the Vikings can be beat and give up big plays. So I think the Jets can get there. And then on the other side, we always want to bet on Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, those kind of guys. So I know the total isn't as high as some of the others on the slate, but you could really talk me into a Garrett Wilson, you know, mini correlation or something with Justin Jefferson this week. Something along those lines sounds very interesting. I'm going to go with the game that has a ton of revenge in it. It's Miami at San Francisco. I mean, these two teams are basically like brothers that grew up together. And the tough matchups part is what I want to fade. San Francisco has been lights out recently. And we've seen with Miami, because their pass rate over expectation is so high, because they've been so efficient, I just don't care. Our two of double stacks week was like week two, I believe. It was one of those things where we just, we just said, fade the matchups, fade whatever else. You want to be ahead of the field. So Miami's scored 30 in four straight games, and I think San Francisco's offense is good enough to keep pace. San Francisco can kind of morph. Like if, they, if they're ahead, they can kind of turtle up and say, hey, we're just going to you know, just bear down and run the ball. But if they want to, they can put up 30 points. So I like this game a lot. It's in that total we talk about, like that 46-47 range that I think you can get a lot of leverage on the field. So Yeah, real quick, Kyle, before we move on, I just want to point out for everyone, I'm already in early in the week like thinking in my head, how can I get overweight this game? I love this game. I think that, like you said, the Niners are a team that we think about as just like, oh, they want to run the ball, and you know they want to just get behind their offensive line and establish it. Elijah Mitchell is out six to eight weeks. Christian McCaffrey is dealing with a knee issue. He's not going to play 100% of the snaps or, or his normal workload, I don't think. And they've been a team, like we said, that can morph. We had the under on Jimmy G's pass attempts two weeks ago in the Monday night game because they were heavy favorites in the Cardinals. And I was sweating hard in the first half when Jimmy G was just throwing, throwing, throwing. These two head coaches are so smart. The way you move the ball in the Niners is through the air. Tua, they've been up in pass rate of expectation. Their best playmakers are in the receiving game in Waddle and Tyreek. And we know that Debo, Kittle, Ayuk can get it done through the air. Jimmy G is the point guard, and he's going to have time because the Dolphins can't rush the passer. I think this game could go bonkers. I'm very bullish on it this week. I think it has a very, very, very small chance, but a chance to be the highest scoring game on the slate. Now, it might be interesting looking at what that is uh, from a wager standpoint. The hardest part is you know who the options are on Miami. Like Tyreek and Waddle are going to be expensive. I think on San Francisco, that's just where you get different. Like I, No one can say... This player is going to be the most popular on that side between Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. Like they all project well, but it kind of matters where the touchdowns are. So that should be a game to watch, and we'll probably profile that hopefully later in the week. I think it might get steamed up. I don't mind the over early in the week. But let's take a quick break. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the Gray Strandom Wing Chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. All right. What game bets do you want to be underweight on this week? Yeah, there's a couple that I think could have made the list for me in this spot, but I went with uh, the Steelers and the Falcons. It's just not really anything that I want to be a part of from a Falcons team that, you know, even with the Kyle Pitts injury, like we thought maybe Drake London could get a ton of work or relative to what he had been. 
but they're just not throwing enough and they want to play a little bit slower and just get the ground game going. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Kenny Pickett's been good as a rookie. He just hasn't been enough to elevate to an elite level for DFS for his playmakers. So could George Pickens or Deontay Johnson pay off their tag in a good matchup? Sure. I'm just not interested in going to a game stack here. This total is pretty low down at 42 points. Seattle at Los Angeles. The Rams just doesn't set up very well. Like the Rams are packing it in. Matthew Stafford's still not out of concussion protocol, so that could change. But Allen Robinson out. It, it's just their 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 playmakers are few and far between. Rams games have hit the under sixty seven percent of the time, and both of these teams rank bottom seven in offensive plays per game. Seattle's efficient, so I'll give them that. They don't need as many plays. The Rams are just playing bad, so this is an environment that I don't really like. Uh, I just can't see myself saying I want to stack this game. Yes, you can play Seattle players in cash, but overall, it's a game I don't want. Which team are you most confident hits their over this week? Yeah, I talked about it a little bit with this game stack, but I like the Jets to go over 21.5 points. Um, since the bye, the Vikings are allowing uh, four of their last five teams they face to go over their win t- or their team total. rather. And since week three, they are 7-2, and two, meaning seven out of nine teams have hit their team total. Again, Mike White isn't an elite talent in this league, but he's competent enough to move the ball. And with Michael Carter dealing with an injury, you could see them lean on the pass even more. So I like over 21 and a half for the Jets. I mean, Mike White in a dome just sounds like a fun game. Like he's just a fun quarterback to be able to root for. Uh, Western Kentucky, is that where he was? I can't remember his college. I have no idea. That, that, that's, <laughs> the stuff, being honest. <laughs> that's the stuff that I, that, that they ask me on the show all the time. I feel like I should know. And if I get this wrong, there's somebody yelling right now like, no, he went to wherever. Um, Western Kentucky. Okay, good. This is uh, this is what I'm brought here for the Hilltoppers, of course. Yeah, he was at South Florida first and hated hated transfer. Okay, okay, I remember that too. Now, um, I'm going to say the Chargers. Our Chargers, their team total is pretty high at 26, but the Raiders have allowed opponents to hit their team implied total every single home game this year. The Raiders defense is bad. They rank 32nd in expected points added per pass attempt. And if you take their splits a step further, in every non-Russell Wilson game, which I feel like needs to be a stat these days that just kind of filters out Russell Wilson, we could add add that to our site. But in every single non-Russell Wilson game, they're allowing 26 points per game. And one of those actually includes the Texans. So Raiders defense is bad. Uh, It's a game we want to attack, and you want to do it through the air with Justin Herbert. Which team are you most confident hits the under this week and... Speaking of the Broncos, we're going to have to retire the Broncos in this segment, Bets. We can't we can't mention them anymore. I mean, it's just not helpful because everyone knows they're not hitting their team total. Yeah, they're uh they're the Jaguars of last year. Remember, we just yes. said like if you just bet on the Jaguars every week, you're going to win money to not hit their team total. We're a little late obviously with that advice. We should have said that in week like 3 or 4 when things were really starting to look bad. But if you just bet the under on Denver every week, you'd be up quite a bit of money. Of course, that means they'll probably come out and have a random 28 point week this week because that's how this works but yes this is the uh, the denver broncos memorial award aka the teams that are not gonna hit their team total and i am actually gonna go under on the ravens how dare which you is kind of i know it's kind of scary to say but it's not about necessarily well i shouldn't say that it is a little bit about what this team is doing the ravens are very content these days to lean into low scoring games you know they've been happy to win 21 to 14 or 17 to 13 or whatever it is and you know like when their most explosive playmaker right now, it pains me to say, is Deshaun Jackson. 
there are real issues with this team. We were bullish on them, but they have shown some major uh, vulnerabilities with the run game. Their left tackle, Ronnie Staley, Staley, was out last week. That's a big issue. So that's a major concern for me. And then they're playing the Broncos, right? So like, we don't expect Russ and the Broncos to move the ball and push them. So could you see a game where it's like 21 to nine? Absolutely. So it's more about the, the opponent they're facing. I'm just not getting pushed this week by Russ and the Broncos. I'm going to say Washington, and this might not be a popular take because usually we look at a team that's won six of seven, and we're like, okay, they're trending in the right direction. You can also look at that statistic and go, hey, they won four of them by one score. They feel like a team that has hit the right side of variance. They're only averaging 19 points per game on the season, Washington. And the Giants at home are only allowing 19 points per game on the year. Washington games have hit the under in eight of the last 10. I think it's a game I just don't want to be a part of that much. And I think that Washington has been fortunate with Taylor Heineke. He's one of those quarterbacks. We talk about him on the main show. It's like when it's going well, he's a super fun quarterback to root for. But you know the bottom's going to fall out soon. But I, I do need one more Washington win to hit my over. So I hope I'm wrong. But for DFS this week, uh, I'm just I'm down overall. I think people are going to be all over Big Hat Robinson after this past week too. I mean, how can you not be? That was what a fun player to root for. That was fun. He is a fun player. All right, let's look at some salary standouts. Salary standouts. It's Tuesday, so we're talking about the players that stand out to us on DraftKings and FanDuel. The goal here is just to give you some players to add into your pool and to slowly kind of mix and match, wait for more information, wait for a pace of play article, wait for DraftKings picks or FanDuel picks later on in the week. But at quarterback this week, I think we have some good options in the middle range. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes, if you wanted to play him, he's averaging 326 and three touchdowns on the road this year. So <laughs> if you just want to lock that in, go for it. And we have a brand new model, correct? With oh, yes, sir. We do. The uh, the daddy model is, is actually popping. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Mr. Mahomes. Uh, he and his wife had their second child this week. Actually, it was um, yesterday, I believe. Uh, a son, his first son. So, you know, first game as a dad to a son, he's going to want to come out and ball. And beyond that, um, historically in his career, Andy Reid kind of lets him, you know, play a little bit more out of structure, which is good for fantasy. He's very willing to let him scramble, run, all those sort of things. So I can't imagine not playing at least one Mahomes lineup this week just in the game environment um, and given the new model that is currently popping in the spreadsheets. But it's a great spot for Patrick Mahomes. His son's name is Bronze. Bronze Mahomes, which... Adjust the ranks. I mean, come on. Not gold, though. Bronze. You know? like It's kind of weird. Silver Mahomes? You don't want... I don't know. It's new. I'll, I'll work on it. But you know what? Props to you, Patrick. Joe Burrow... His price didn't move. Is that shocking at all, knowing the matchup, knowing what he did against this team? Still 6.9. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's a great play this week. I'm I'm super excited about Joe Burrow. And, you know, part of it is not just like the overall game environment. Part of it is Kansas City has been vulnerable to downfield playmakers. And obviously, when you think about the league and downfield playmakers, you could pick two of the best in the game and say, yep, that's Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So, Either way, I think Burrow has become smart enough in this league to know who's going to take what the defense gives him. We saw last week Samaji Piran get involved, Hayden Hurst. Like, I just think there's a path for not only massive upside for Joe Burrow this week, but if you wanted to go there and cash, to me, the floor feels like 18, 19, 20 points 
at 6.9, I mean, that's very much a play against KC. There's some other guys in the 6K range. Tua is 6.8. Geno Smith is going to show up in every optimal for the rest of the year. He's the Brandon Cooks of this year, where it's just you do an optimal and, and using our optimizer in 6.1, he's there. Uh, and then Derek Carr at 5.6. I like him more in tournaments, but he's pretty cheap given what he did this past week, which, hey, three touchdowns, Derek Carr. First It'll be time. another three years, but he did it. Um, you like Herbert, and I think Herbert's in a good spot too. Right now, if I if I made you pick on a Tuesday between Herbert and Burrow, where do you lean? I think I lean Burrow just for overall game environment, and you know you get to save three hundred bucks. That said, they're extremely close to me. I love Justin Herbert in this spot. You know, you think about the the Raiders. It's the argument that we had for Geno Smith last week. It's the Raiders are terrible. They want to throw the ball, and they're number one in neutral pace. So they're going to be a lot of play volume and a lot of pass attempts for Herbert. I wish we knew Josh Jacobs for sure was going to play this week. We had a report that the calf might be more of an issue than we thought on Sunday when he went bonkers. So he'd be a player that I think might take some ceiling out of the game. But even so, for cash games, Herbert should be able to get the job done. There's lower options that I've seen. A couple people on our Discord channel uh, uh, talking about Trevor Lawrence, who's in a great spot against the Lions. 5,900, like he's cheap enough. I, I probably won't go there in cash. But I, I, you can definitely stack them in tournaments. Mike White, tournament only for me. I, I just can't do it in cash, but I think he's another fun player in a game that you said could be sneaky. At running back this week, I have some guys in 6K range I like. If Joe Mixon was back this week at 7.1, are you saying that I'm probably going to have Burrow or Mixon no matter what in my cash lineup? I mean, not no matter what, but I think they're both super strong. I wouldn't play them together, but I think Mixon at 7.1 is a pretty fair price relative to other backs in the slate. Again, game environment, they're at home, and Joe Burrow's you know pass uh, target, like where he goes, wide receiver, tight end, running back, to the running back is actually up 5% relative to what it was last year. We're seeing the pass-catching backs really get involved here for Cincy. KC gives it up to pass-catching running backs, so I think Mixon could be a guy that maybe doesn't have a huge game on the ground but gives you four catches, five catches, you know, in a great game environment that turns into a shootout, that's going to go a long way on a full PPR site like DraftKings. My two favorite running backs are actually in the same game this week. It's Aaron Jones, 6.9 against Chicago, and then Dave Montgomery at 6.2. We just saw what your Eagles did to the Packers, right? 326 rushing yards. Both of these teams can get obliterated on the ground, and Montgomery's got the whole backfield to himself, basically, Aaron Jones, best playmaker on the team. I want to play one of those two, but I probably won't be doing both in my cash lineup. So do you like either of those more than the other? Yeah, I think they're both very much in play this week. Like you said, I agree. I wouldn't play both of them. I'm always going to side whenever possible with the guy that I know is going to catch passes. And I think Montgomery, certainly we know he can do that. If Justin Fields is back, his chances of doing that are down just because Fields is going to take off and run. But um, you know, from a, a game environment standpoint, it's just a lower ceiling for me. So I would only play one of these two guys. I would side with Aaron Jones if I had the money to get up to him, but I put Montgomery on the list or I was going to. And when I logged in the dock and saw you did, so I'm with you right there. I like both these guys. Damian Pierce has been bad recently. And part of that's on the offensive line. And that was always the worry, you know, for a lot of my summer uh, disdain, that's the right word for, for Damian Pierce was just, if things go wrong, they go terribly. Like they go, they go so bad. Um, so Damian Pierce 
is in a great matchup against the Browns, who have been one of the worst defenses possible. Also, breaking news and just really sad news today. I just found out that my boy Walker Zimmerman is not getting the start today for USA. Well, dang. Wow. This, I mean, you guys are going to – I just gave my uh, Owen Wilson, wow. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. Man, that really changes my mood. My boy, gosh, that's not fun. All right, uh, let's go back to what we do for our jobs, okay? Because rooting for USA is part of who we are, but not necessarily our DFS job right now. Um, poop. Any other running backs you want to mention this week? <laughs> No, those are the guys that I definitely wanted to point out from a salary standpoint. I also think Derrick Henry is in a great spot against the Eagles. We know that the way you beat them is running the football, and that's what Tennessee obviously wants to do. So Henry looks great. I don't know that he's necessarily in, in cash for me just because there are some stronger options in the 6K, low 7K range. But for sure, he's going to be my pull this week. At wide receiver this week, I could name you about 10 players that I want to fit in my lineup. Uh, Amon Ra go for it 7.1 he looks great in a great spot Devonte adams on both sides i want to play he destroyed these chargers in week one he saw 17 targets went for over 141 in a score so Devonte adams looks great especially on fanduel 8.6 yeah cheaper on fanduel than DraftKings. yeah that that's that's a huge red flag i started noticing this keenan allen is my boy favorite player in the league at you just six, started noticing that at 6.5 this is what i noticed <laughs> is that at 6.5 against the Raiders, it's a great spot in cash. I could save $1,300 and get a player that might give me 80% of that in Deontay Johnson against the Falcons in a great matchup. So they're the same archetype of player. Keenan Allen is way cooler, but I think I like Deontay Johnson this week. Yeah, Deontay Johnson I think is fine, and that's kind of how I would characterize him. Like, the positive regression is coming from a touchdown. It's going to happen one of these weeks. He's still a zero on the year. And, you know, he's getting volume enough to support a floor in PPR, which is what we really care about in cash games. I think ceiling matters a little bit when you're looking at your guys. So he's fine. He's not necessarily a priority for me just because, again, he lacks the ceiling that some other players might have on the slate, specifically in that range. I mean, if you're making me pick between Deontay Johnson at 5.2, Garrett Wilson at 5.3, I'm fine the $100 to get to Garrett Wilson just because we know he has a ceiling that Deontay Johnson certainly has in his range of outcomes. It's just not as likely. Again, the game total is pretty low in that Pittsburgh and Atlanta game. Yeah, I he projects fine. $100 more is Garrett Wilson, though. Who's going to carry That's a what I'm saying. huge, That's huge what I'm saying. roster percentage? So do you think that Garrett Wilson, last week he got steamed up. Do you think he will end up being in like the top four or five most popular plays this week? Yeah, I mean, he was already popular last week. And if it wasn't for the rain that people were concerned about, myself included in the wind, he would have been a top three or four popular player last week. After what he just did with Mike White in the matchup, he is going to be extremely chalky. And then down a little bit further, Traylon Burks, 4.6. Justin Watson, if you want to punt play at 3.2. Um, I mean, he's running the routes. He's getting the snaps. It's the best game of the week. I think he's he's better than just a normal punt play. You're like, oh, maybe he'll get three points. I think he's actually like, okay, I think he's a fine play at that price point. Do you disagree? I mean, For I just punting. don't think you have to go. I just don't think you have to go there. If there's a construction that you like with your build that you're like, he's the last piece. I'm not going to argue with anyone on that. I just think that there's a lot of value on this slate. 
already looking at, you know, guys like Amon Ra, Keenan, Garrett Wilson. We talked about Deontay. Tyler Lockett is a fine cash game play at 6K. So I just don't think you have to go stars and scrubs. If you prefer to build that way, obviously go for it. But I think you can really build a really strong uh, lineup if you go with a 6K quarterback to the 6K running backs, a three or four wide receivers in that range, and you're looking at a really good spot. So not a priority for me, but I understand it. At tight end this week, Mark Andrews is only 6.6, which is kind of jarring to see somebody that low. <sighs> Dropped a touchdown this past week. Pain. I am very tempted, but it's one of those things where you just don't have to go there. It's like, I'm going to go with Kelsey or the field. Uh, and the field has plays like Pat Fryer, me with 4.3. Hayden Hurst, I think, is going to be a very popular play at 3.5. And then... You have David and Joku on here. I'm a little worried based on Deshaun Watson coming back just because Jacoby Brissett has targeted the tight end so much. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some unknown. Along the same lines, you could say, well, you know, at 3.9, it doesn't really matter that much because his price is so affordable that he allows you to get to, you know, a lot of other plays. So keep him in your pool. He's not necessarily my favorite, favorite play on the slate, price adjusted right now. But I think for where he's at, he's fine to keep in your cash game pool. Defense this week, I wanted to get cute. I came in this dock, and it seems like you just wanted to do the same thing as just copy and paste. Like, you can play Pittsburgh against the Marcus Mariotas, and you can play Denver against Lamar Jackson in an offense that also is kind of sputtering. It's like, play defenses that are good against offenses that really aren't going to put up more than like 20, 25 points. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those on the slate that I think you can get to. And, you know, we put down here Pittsburgh and Denver, uh, you know, we're we're bullish as a whole on the Ravens. But as I said about their team total, I'm just not super excited about what they've been doing. So Denver's fine. Pittsburgh's fine. Um, I even think if you wanted to kind of fade the Jets game, I know I said I'm excited about it. They're right in that range, too. So this, I think, is going to be a good slate to get off the chalk defense, whatever the roster percentage report shows. There's three or four names on the list that I looked at, and I was like, yo, I, I could see myself playing them in cash. So in tournaments, get off the chalk if you can. But early in the week, I like Pittsburgh and Denver. Yeah, last week was one of those weeks where I didn't mind if people played KC and GPPs. Like, they were just cheap enough. They projected so well that it was one of those things where it's like, hey, it's totally fine. And obviously, there was other places like the Dolphins that ended up being the, the best play on the slate. But yeah, this week, they're good, strong plays at their price point in cash, but like you said, go elsewhere. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. It will direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, plus bets. You can play in another tournament like Battle of the Borg or maybe Battle of the Bets this week. Uh, enter the contest. Make sure you get in there. Invite your friends. It is a grand old time. Man, I'm with, the match hasn't even started, and I'm already really sad right now. Don't be sad. This is going to be great. We're going to win. Josh is going to lose money. I mean, it's all good things. I just, he's such an important part of this team, you know, just, ah, it's, it stinks. Like it stinks too. Cause <laughs> you know, he started the last two games, my boy Walker, and then his family was there all the way to Qatar and they just get to watch from the side. Maybe you'll get in. Maybe you'll get in as a, a sub. He's great. MLS defender of the year, two years in a row. Big deal. So anyway. We will check back in later in the week once the U.S. has claimed their victory. Bets, tell us bye. Yes, let's go USA, and let's go week 13, man. There are so many good games in the slate. I think Friday's show is going to be awesome, and I'm excited to break it down. So everyone have a great week. 
Check out the DFS Pass. Literally has never been cheaper. It is full free at this point. Use the code DFSPOD. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.